Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bottled Up, a wine podcast of sorts. Sort of. Uh, <laughs> sort of. I'm your host, Sean Linehan, and I'm here with my co-host, Jen Waring. Jen Waring. And I today- want to say my own name. I like it when you say your name. Say your name. Thanks. Say your name. Today, we're going to dive into the basics of wine. We opened up this series with a whole talk about celebration because, well, we were happy we figured out how to press record. But today... <laughs> there was a party going on right there. A celebration. It, 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 you know, you see, what, you see what I did? I, I do. I like it. Uh, but today we're, I thought, why not reach out, start this series for real and talk about the basics of wine. What is wine? Why is it in a bottle? What are grapes? <laughs> and am I wearing shoes? I don't know. And you'll I'm never not. know either because this is oh, radio. I revealed. So. <laughs> Jen with the spoilers, everybody. Sorry, not wearing shoes, mofos. <laughs> Jen, how was your week? You know, it's fine. And stuff and stuff. It's it's technically Wednesday when we release this. So I'm probably still kicking. (laughs) You you got a lot bottled up. Always. (laughs) Always. So why don't we get started and unbottle? I like it. I like it. Pop that cork. Pop it. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Well, I'm going to leave the cork in until we're ready to actually. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I meant that metaphorically, like pop the cork of life, if you will. The cork of life. Right. It was a very, saw it was a very Ricky Martin sort of <laughs> reference for me. I, I was thinking of something I saw at the Tate Modern about 15 years ago. <laughs> I think that sums it up for both of us. There we you're, go. You're thinking of the Tate Modern. I'm like, let's make a parody of a Ricky Martin song. <laughs> but you know, Ricky Martin, he's a family man. He's he's a Puerto Rican hero. He's an American hero. And and he's kind of hot. Yeah. All I mean. C. We, because we're talking about <laughs> wine now. Oh, right. So obviously- There's Spanish wines. Is there are Spanish wines? wines. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of really, really good Spanish wines. But um, I meant, is there Puerto Rican wines for Ricky? There, I don't know if there is actually any wine made in Puerto Rico. I think Probably it not. is a little too far south. Um, generally, and here's here's a good point. All wine in the world is grown, grape wine in the world is grown between the 30th and the 50th parallel, both north and south of the equator. We're going to pause for a minute so everyone can Google what the hell he just said. (laughs) So you remember um, in school, we learned about longitude and latitude. Latitude is flat. Those are the Mm. ones that go, you know, north and south of the equator. I've stood on the line. There you go. So they count up from the equator, starting zero, going north, and then uh, zero going south. And so between 30 degrees and 50 degrees is where all your wine vines are going to grow. Uh, and that's vitis vinifera is the uh, fancy Latin term for the grape we use to make wine, which is different from the grape we use to make, say, smuckers. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think if you take a jar of smuckers and leave it out long enough. <laughs> I, I would suggest going- Not doing that? <laughs> no, well, no, no, try it. Grab some Smuckers, grab some baking yeast, put it together, put it in the sun and see what happens. Uh, Listen, I've worked opposite. I've taken grape wine and then made it into wine jelly. Do tell. I mean, it's like Smuckers and it's like, I can't say Smuckers backwards. I was going to try. I was like- <laughs> Kirsch Murka. Kirsch Murka. Sure. 
Yeah, I made a I made a wine jelly once just to to see what that would be like because I've seen it in stores. I have I a bur- gonna... I have a bottle of blueberry bourbon jam in my cupboard. How's that? I don't know. I've not opened it yet. Oh, no. okay. I just feel like it's not for toast. Like I gotta have a. No, I think it's it's from um, a a shark coochery uh, platter. Yeah, it's for something. It's for something <laughs> fancier. Do, yeah. do, 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 shark do. tooths. Platter. Yeah. <laughs> shark coochery. I know how to say it. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I but listeners, re- let us know if you don't think he knew how to say it. That's what I want to know. That's true. Right. So we got grapes. They're all grown in the same spot. That's good. And then they become wine. And then they become wine. We crush them. There's yeast involved. There's time involved and fermentation. So fruit plus fermentation equals wine. And unless it specifically says some other kind of fruit, it's grape wine and it's delicious. That would be interesting. Is there other fruit? Wine? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apple wine. Uh, oh, yeah. That's true. Of course. Wine. Duh. Of uh, course. I've had plum wine. Mead. Sushi, mead is honey wine. Uh, mead is freaking delicious. <laughs> It's also how you get to Valhalla. Yeah, sure that. <laughs> or a really drunk night where you hook up with the bartender in Cornwall. <laughs> just saying. I just throwing that out there. It was I feel at a like Midri. I've ooh, a Midri in Cornwall. How do they say that over there? Different than that, probably. <laughs> we'll phone a friend next we'll time. Phone a friend. My Cornish accent is god awful. I had to do it once for a BBC Two radio show, and I was tapped to do it because my best friend lives in Cornwall, and I it was awful. It was great if you've never been to Cornwall, <laughs> but Cornish people were like, "What the hell is she doing?" Uh, and uh, that's fair because I think it was only played during the. Um, fringe fest in edinburgh so. <laughs> oh, oh the fringe fest so there probably wasn't a lot of cornish folk up there anyway so it was fine you know there's one or two they're up there Maybe to do one a play about pixies and then they were like that bitch is awful <laughs> but everybody else was just like oh cornwall it's at the bottom <laughs> nailed it <laughs> um, anyway mead is delicious mead is tasty stuff uh have a little taste of it but don't mix it with your wine so here's a question, which we didn't discuss in advance, which is fun. So most for you mainly. So most wine, of course, in barrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Caprice, hi Caprice, uh, gets headaches from regular wine in barrels because of the histamines and the whatnot. She went to the doctor. Who cares? The point is she can drink all the wine she wants that's been aged in steel casks. In steel casks, that's a it's an important step in aging uh, or in ma- making wines in general. Uh, is choosing whether you're going to put it into oak, steel, uh, cement, clay. Those are all options nowadays. So you have amphoras. You've got big cement fermenting eggs. Uh, the wine we had last week was in steel tanks. I want a big cement fermenting <laughs> egg. Sorry, I just got very excited by. Could I have that in my house? Uh, everybody should stop right now and Google this cement fermenting eggs because they're the coolest looking things, and they weigh several. I'm so tons. excited. Uh, and they're just full of wine, and you'll see a lot of really bright, youthful wines that are fermented that way. Uh, and you get more of the fruit complexity and less of the oak and spice that you would get from aging in French. I feel oak. like I would like this. You probably would. And I'll get you one. I was going to say, let's see. How do we find one? Maybe we well, should do that on another episode. I mean, I know we just started this episode, but maybe another <laughs> episode. We have a lineup of wines aged in different containers. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, here, taking a note. Take a note. Or we could just listen to this later. Oh. And remind I, ourselves of I that time we talked about it. <laughs> 
But yeah, but that's a thing. And I know that that's a common conversation because of course, when you're abroad and you could drink 17 bottles of Italian wine and you don't have a headache in the morning and everybody's like, it's because of the sulfites, but sulfites are in all the wines. They are in all wines. And that's actually something I wanted to talk about. Uh, might as well skip to it now here. Um, so what is in wine? What's in a bottle of wine, right? You've got acid. Grapes. Oh, acid. You were going to start with. <laughs> I'm going to start, start at the top here. We got some acids. It's alphabetical. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. Sorry. Uh, I get very excited when you get to an F word because grapes are next. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, well, this is actually after you've crushed the grapes. Oh. Yeah. So there's grapes. And when we crush the grapes and we do the whole thing and make wine, what we end up with is acid. And there's all kinds of acid. We talked about tartaric acid that makes mm -hmm. the wine diamonds. That's citrus citric, you know, a succinic acid, five or six different acid types in there. Um, anthocyanins, which is what gives wine its color. Fun. Literally it. Um, water. The majority of your bottle of wine is actually water. Uh, or if we want to sound important, uh, hydrogen dioxide. I like to sound important. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's a bit of alcohol in there. Sugar, hence wine has calories. Uh, and then you got a bunch of minerals, including iron, sulfur, potassium, fluoride, calcium, you know, the usual suspects. And then you got sulfites. And what are sulfites? Sulfites are a preservative. They're what makes wine able to be in a bottle and not turn into vinegar instantly. It's why a 1964 Bordeaux is a cherished thing and not something that's sitting in your grandma's cabinet that you need to cook with. Amen. I had, I bought vinegar the other day not to like tell the people, I mean, we're in Astoria, you all know where we recorded. Uh, but the other day I realized I'd forgotten to buy vinegar, which I was going to buy to pickle some cauliflower and you shouldn't pickle cauliflower with a 1964 Bordeaux. You should use vinegar. And so I ran into that parrot shop. That's like all Eastern European, yeah, like yeah. whatever. And I grabbed, um, just a, a white vinegar. I don't, I think it was called like Koros or something, which I'm probably saying it wrong, but I was like, vinegar is vinegar is vinegar. What's the difference, right? It's all white to me. Um, I'm a vinegar racist apparently. And so I get home and it is quite frankly, the vinegariest vinegar in all the land. Did, did you read the label and find out what it's a vinegar I mean, I of? thought about reading the label. But then we'll say it was hard to read. So you couldn't, it was clearly smudged. It's, it's in foreign. So a foreign, much like our first I, wine, <laughs> I think it's Albanian and I don't speak that though. I did yes. play an Albanian aunt in a movie. And but how I, was your Albanian accent? Oh, I didn't have to have one. It was great. Oh, cause I didn't talk. I just, there was a lot of disapproving auntie sort of. Looks. I see. I see the classic auntie. And if you've met me, I've looked at you disapprovingly. It's just yeah. part of my I character. Mean, we're dear friends and I feel like get that a lot. <laughs> It's just my resting face. My yeah. resting face is disapproval. It's like maybe when I suggested this podcast, there was a bit of that. <laughs> I'm sure that's not true. Um, the fun thing about sulfites is everybody <laughs> says, <laughs> bringing it back, uh, it, American wines, oh, it's sulfites, it's sulfites, because it says so on the label. In America, you have to label contain sulfites because uh, certain things in the state of California are known to cause cancer. And it's not sulfites. But sulfites are in everything. And to the your lovely friend who does yoga and wears the Lululemons and all the things and says, oh, but I can't drink wine because it gives me sulfite headaches while chugging a green juice. That Punch green him ju in the face. Oh, sorry. Nothing that's probably not where but you're going. sulfites. 
I oh. hated this person when you started describing them. So yeah, it's it's your, more like your sulfite green juice, lady. <laughs> Dump it on your Lululemons. Maybe you shouldn't drink a box of Chardonnay, Karen, and then you ah! wouldn't get the haircut. The haircut. Put it down. <laughs> your haircut, Karen. Uh, in most pictures, needs another haircut. That oh, there's some epic Karen haircuts. There's Swoopy and the bleachies and the <laughs> man. Uh... Swoopy and the bleachies was also my favorite kids show. <laughs> oh man, remember Captain Swoopy? Never trust him. And all those whales. <laughs> they sang that song. We're the bleachies. So good. <laughs> people say we bleaching around <laughs> See, uh, perfect i, I think the, warner the is label, gonna call us now probably yeah the the sulfite thing is because you know we're we're pretty dumb in this country bless uh wear a mask if you're listening and um the the sulfite labeling is enough to throw everybody off right yeah. like it's the it's just the lingo and so it's everybody assumes one thing or another yeah simply because now they've read it and they're like, well, if it doesn't say it, it must not be true. Exactly. And, you know, people are, are ready to jump on any little conspiracy thing and it's, it's fine. Sulfites aren't going to hurt you. If you ha have asthma, you are likely more likely to have a sulfite sensitivity that could lead to headaches and dry mouth, but it's super rare. Interesting. So you know, I can't, I can't negate every Karen out there that's saying sulfites are the reason she can't drink a box of Chardonnay. I, I would like to just add at this point that neither Sean nor myself are doctors. And if you have any concerns about your asthma and wine drinking, you should consult your doctor. Yes, Thank please. You. Yes. And scene. And scene. <laughs> uh, cool. So we, we've talked a little bit about what's in a bottle of wine. Uh, we said grapes, right? There's 1300 kinds of grapes that can be made into wine. That's your cab sobs, your Chardonnays, your Semillon, your Muscadel, you know, the, all these crazy. And then grapes you've never heard of that have too many letters in them and not enough vowels and <laughs> just ancient grapes because the first winemaking grapes are from like Turkey, Armenia, that kind of area. Uh, you've got the I'd California raisins. They the dance. California raisins, but they're more of the smuckers. They heard it through the grapevine. <laughs> that they will never be wine. Be, no. Uh, but of those 1300, there's only about a hundred grapes to make up 75% of all the vineyards in the world. I mean, it makes good sense. Not, not all. I mean, there's a lot of grapes, probably a lot of experimenting. Not everything is, uh, you know, yeah. in the top a uh, hundred. No, some of it's not even really, I mean, you might use it to add a little hint of color to a red wine that's maybe you got a Merlot and it's not purple enough. So you grab one of the grapes that are darker skin and throw that in there. It doesn't change the flavor profile, but it gives you the color and blah, 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 blah. There's also that um, grapefruit beer and they use bugs to do that. So just another thought. Um, if you're I'm making sorry. Something. Can you elaborate, please? I can. Uh, there's a grapefruit beer that I can't. Schaffenhofer might be the. Um, Schaffenhauser, which is. Sure. It's a Rattler. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. And uh, it's a. Uh, its color comes from a bug that huh. they crush and give it to give it that nice orangey red color. Um, and because I only know this because I tried to offer it to somebody when I was a bartender and they were a vegan and they looked at me like I was a scumbag. How dare you offer them bug wine? I had no idea. I was like, I think it's delicious. <laughs> Get in my belly bugs, <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> Get in my belly bugs. Uh, <laughs> I watch a lot of Naked and Afraid. Sometimes you got to eat a bug. You know, I've never watched that. 
It's awful. Yeah. Um, it's so awful. It's great. One, I think that they should invent an award for blurring. <laughs> because Ovs, they're naked and afraid. Yep. It's in the that title. Makes sense. And uh, but like they're bending, they're building, they're trying to catch bugs to eat and maybe a snake. And like that's a lot of balls. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, uh, and they, they got to blur the titties too. But like, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> sack blurring. And I just think if you're watching the raw footage and you're the blur, at some point you just got to be like, dude, is there an award for this? Because this is a lot of balls. Technical editing, uh, creative editing. Um, Ball coverage. For the team. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but it's very funny. And they do eat, I mean, eventually... They just eat a lot of bugs. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people eat bugs. That's where we're going as a culture, moving away from, you know, meats and stuff. Bugs are a sustainable alternative protein source for us. If we're going to keep this planet going for another hundred years or so. Just saying. <laughs> I, like, I like, I like we're optimistic that it's going to be a hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did so. buy, I did buy a, a cricket dog treat once made of cricket flour. Ah. Um, it was did available it? at Chateau La Wolf. Uh, here uh, in Astoria and uh, or in West Astoria, uh, as they like to say. Um, and uh, no, she did not. <laughs> she was like, look, bitch, why don't you move a little bit over there to the right? Get me a bag of them lamb lungs that are gently dried. Gently it says dried. It says that on the label as if that's a thing. Um, well, you don't want to harshly dry a lung. Listen, harshly dry is the worst. I feel that way about harshly dry wines too. Do you see? I brought us back. Oh, I did? see that. Which is good because you know what makes a dry, harshly wine? What? Wait. Do you know sure. what makes a wine harshly dry? Sarcasm. <laughs> I haven't no. started okay. drinking it. Uh, it's tannins. Fucking tannins. Fucking tannins. You know, you always, oh, people drink that wine. Oh, I can't with the tannins. It's too, oh, the tannins. <laughs> oh. Uh, tannins are what are the astringent quality in a wine, right? They're a, um, they're a phenolic compound. Uh, it's, it creates this bitter drying sensation in your mouth and it makes you go. Yeah. 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 I've done that. Yeah. Uh, you get it in grapes, for, uh, wines from grapes with really, really thick skins like Nebbiolo, or Sangiovese, or like a Barbarera. Um, and the, those are the wines that you want to let sit for a real long time. And those will age real well because the acid and the tannic structure gives it the body and, and breath to age and be something you can keep in your cellar. That's just a little side note. Uh, if you've got high tannin wines, put that cork back in. Um, put don't it do back. That. Don't do that. Just drink Stick it. Stick it back in your cellar. Decant it your cellar. Keep it in your cellar <laughs> next to. <laughs> you know, like all Astoria apartments have a cellar. Yeah. yeah. My, my good friend Robert lives in my cellar. I call him my basement Robert. That's fair. Can yeah. he hold your tannins? <laughs> hey, Robert, you listening? Come get the tannins. I doubt he's listening. He rolls his eyes at me a lot. That's fair. We we all do. No, I'm kidding. Um, that's, <laughs> I mean, but I think that like in a more practical sense, like for somebody who's not as up on like tannins and the words and the whatnot, something that's high in tannins, if you're a casual wine drinker, just looking to like sort of, show up with a bottle you can chug kind of a thing, that's going to be a little too complex for you. Like, it's just something to know. You're going to want to do something like younger, brighter, all those great words that you like to use, Sean. But like, that is 
right? Like that yeah, was absolutely. one of the, so I've done a couple of different, <laughs> feel free to laugh, but I've worked a couple of different wine tastings, which is just dumb. They give me a script. <laughs> I don't have to know things really. I just have to learn them and regurgitate them. And I can do that because I have a drama degree, but the number one, so I've worked these wine tastings at both fancy pants places and then just regular ass liquor stores. Um, and really honestly, ass liquors, right. Ass liquors, get in here, get your wine. Um, it's comes down to three things like that. You should know before you go into a wine store, do you like red or white? Mm-hmm. How many people you want to serve and what do you want to spend? That's... Like if, if you're just basic buying, what do you want to spend? Right. Cause why would I suggest for you a $75 wine? If you were looking for a two buck Chuck, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then three, like, are you serving it with a thing or are you just looking sure, to drink yeah. your wine? That's, that's all. Keep it basic. Super Yo, know basic your basic answers. Like, no, am, am I going to a dinner party or am I going to a drinking party? Right. Um, and also for you, if you're bringing it for you or you're bringing it home, like there, you know, I, I think that everybody should try delicious fancy things at some point or like highbrow expensive things just because it's interesting you know maybe you don't eat them every day like who doesn't love a grilled cheese for lunch uh as opposed to like an 80 dollar cheese with shaved truffles and the whatnots on the side yeah absolutely um, but it's nice to do that every once in a while but sure, you gotta treat every, yourself but you're every day know what you like yeah and be cool with that and know that you don't have to spend over $15, $16, $17 to get a really phenomenal bottle of wine. And you can get a really good bottle of wine or an acceptable bottle of wine for $8, $12. Yeah, there you go. They're there. And, you know, you throw that argument out at people and you often get back, well, oh, but, you know, you heard about that restaurant where they served a $10,000 bottle of wine and nobody even knew the difference and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, of course, there's pomp and circumstance built around the wine industry. It is what it is. But there is a big difference between an $8 bottle of Beaujolais and a $75 bottle of Napa Cab. They're extremely different. And you'll notice it, not just in your wallet. And I get (laughs) you'll notice it on your bill when you get that. Uh, Still tip the 20%. Don't take always, always tip the 20. Don't be an asshole. Um, But having had the opportunity to taste both those things because I used to work for rich people. I don't just buy $75 bottles of wine. But it you're all it's also okay if you don't like the $75 bottle yeah. of wine. That's the part that I don't like. The the like pomp and circumstance I get and I kind of enjoy because I'm an asshole and I like that sort of thing. Sure. But like I don't I, I could still just like the two buck chuck. Absolutely. And you're not no one's gonna make me feel bad about that. No. Uh, I, I might right now when I tell you what the process involved in making two buck Chuck, but no, no, <laughs> unless somebody pees in it, I guess. It, then I no, no, like... there generally, generally okay, there's no so urination yeah. and generally, uh, in the wine, generally. That, that, that's not a, as you're going through your alphabetical ingredients, we don't ever get to <laughs> urine. Yeah. You know, see, by the time I get to H, I'm a little bored. <laughs> so I never make it down to you. It could be there kids. That's what Sean's be. admitting right now. <laughs> It could um, be there. No, but that's the, there is an important difference here uh, between a, a, a 
more affordable bottle of wine, a two-buck chuck or, or something you might find in a grocery store versus a little more expensive bottle of wine. Yes, I'm using that one. Oh, just, yeah, no. It's fun, fun to say, of course. I And it's three-buck chuck now, so we're actually lying. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, it's gone up. The Charles Shaw See, that's not up. as fun to say. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't roll off the tongue as well. But part of that, the difference and why those are so, uh, why the price point is so different is uh, labor. A lot of high quality wine is handpicked and hand sorted, whereas something like a three buck chuck or a yellowtail or a gato negro, there's stuff like that. They're often machine picked after the good grapes have been picked out or just bulk machine picked over an entire vineyard. And then they tend to get a lot of stuff like um, moths snails mice so folks i think what sean is saying here is andre the uh sparkling wine you can pick up at your local grocery store is the equivalent of a cheap hot dog okay yes 100 percent. the andre was scraped off the floor of the vineyard uh it was force carbonated just like your hot dog (laughs) somehow shoved into a pig casing (laughs) you know It was strained through a pig casing. So it goes really great with those Oscar Mayer cheese inside the wiener cheese wieners. Those are so good. Those are good when you (laughs) want to be an animal. Uh, I think the last time I drank a bottle of Andre, I felt like I was stuffing a pig skin being me. So I, the, my Andre story, which is ridiculous. And I, and I think it's safe to, to tell it now for a while. I was contractually obliged not to tell it, but the, uh, I was, a, when I was a nanny, they were having a, a party for somebody who had done things for the junior league. I don't really know what the junior Ooh, league the does. Junior league. I know that they all spend a lot of money. Um, I've been to debutante balls that they host. It's very expensive stuff. Uh, not in the South here in New York city. Anyway, so this woman had done some shit. I don't know what she did. I didn't ask. Who cares? What I was asked to do was to come up for a signature drink for her. Oh. So we had a great day at work where we taste tested a lot of stuff. Got really (laughs) drunk and sent the kids to their room. It was tremendous. The mom and I. And then, but nothing was really working. And we needed something that we could do like a bunch of them. And oh, and it was supposed to be pink. Sorry, I forgot to mention that part. Um, Because this lady, I feel like her name was Melissa. Who cares? Sure. Um, let's call it that. So the Melissa had to be pink. That was the only rule. So then the next day I roll up with a bottle of Andre. No joke. I pour it in a champagne flute. I put a little Susan, if you will, uh, of Saint Germain mm-hmm. and a strawberry slice. Saint Germain is an elderflower liqueur in case. Anybody oh, sorry. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, it's delicious everyone. Um, and uh, the mom tasted it and was like, this is delicious. What is this? And I was like, this is the cheapest shit you've ever drank in your whole life. Like I can state that with a fact because that's how well I know you. Um, and she was like, great, buy a case. We hide the bottles. Um, Perfect. And that is what we serve to these bitches. And every last one of them was like, tell me what's in the Melissa. And I was like, no, it's a, it's an ancient Chinese secret. <laughs> that is a proprietary recipe. Sorry. That is um, all Jen. I developed it just for Melissa because she inspires me to do nothing and get praise. (laughs) Uh, And you might want some aspirin when you leave here. (laughs) Best of luck, bitches. (laughs) Whatever. They have nannies. They don't do anything. Um, So, yeah. So that's, I mean, but for reals, I served million dollar housewives. Andre. I love that. You know what? (laughs) You're doing the good work. I'm doing the Lord's work. I'm out there. I'm out there. You're out there. You're 
standing up for the little man. I love it. Practically an angel. <laughs> Practically. I'm going to ring some bells because you need some wings. <laughs> yes. Can we have some bells? God damn it. <laughs> some bells. Oh, I blew it because I said, God damn it. Oh, Shit. Again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think we should like introduce the wine that we're going to drink while I... we take some like, I think even more basic questions than you've, I mean, you've yeah. schooled us. I, I think but, we're good with the learning now. We can go into questions. Yeah, because we've got the people, the people reached out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I posted this afternoon and y'all got back to me. Uh, not in mass. That's but fine. Enough. <laughs> I, I um, should have been more timely. Listen, ma- mass is not seven days a week for most people. It's closed. It's fine. Most people. I know that because I'm an angel. don't wear orthopedic shoes. It is not. Yes as we've covered so sean what are we what are we sampling today so um i know i said that cabernet sauvignon was i didn't say oh you did you sort of dropped it in sort of dropped it in 100 100 grapes 75 percent cabernet sauvignon is the most planted grape in the world there you go now i dropped it in uh today we are going to be drinking uh, a malbec which is not a cabernet which is not a cabernet i just wanted uh, listen i know stuff I just wanted to clear it up. Look at that. You nailed it. I read Uh, it. (laughs) (laughs) This is a Malbec from Mendoza, Argentina. Argentina is the capital of Malbec. Uh, It's obviously grown in other places as well, but Mendoza, Argentina is where it's at for Malbec. Um, And I chose this wine because during ordinary days, non-COVID days, this is the time of year where we'd be going to a lot of parties. It's true. There'd probably be a lot of... uh, shark coochery platters there would be <laughs> do, 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 do. Uh, and this is something that goes really well with meats with pastas with grilled meats with cheeses uh with any strong flavored food um it's a 2017 also which you know as you all remember was the year of the eclipse um that our president looked directly at and um <laughs> You can taste the so, pain to his corneas in the glass. Uh, yeah. So you can, I mean, there's just, there's just a hint in this grape because it's a 2017 of uh, eclipse. There's a total eclipse of the grape uh, <laughs> in this particular bottle. I'm going to open it up here. Nicely done. That was a delicious sound. Um, uh, called Luján de Cuyo. And in Argentina, but it's, it's the oldest vines. It's the oldest growing area in Argentina. And that's where this wine is from. Those vines are 60 years old. So this is super young. It's a young viticultural area. It's a young wine. It's a 2017. This is meant to be drunk now. It's meant to savor it. It's called Cepas de Familia. And it's got a dog on the label. And it's got everybody. a dog on the label and a bunch of faces because Cepas de Familia means Vines of the family, family vines. So this is all, yeah, it's the same family that's been growing on these 60 year old vines the whole time. I mean, I wish the label was more of a vine than a tree then. Well, it's a family tree. Okay. Sure. I'm in. It's cute. It's very cutely drawn. It's very, uh, you know me, I'm all about the like look of things, Um, but it's very sweet uh, little uh, drawing of faces and this cute little dog. Um, So I mean, for a party, as Sean was mentioning, if we were going to them, like if you were going to a party with some family at, like my mother would be like, oh, look how cute it's family. 
Yeah, it would get attention from the label and then you'd put it on the table, come back to get a glass and it'd be gone because it's also delicious. And so let's start that process right now. Jen, why don't you you, uh, pour yourself a little cup there and give a sniff. Oh, oh, I have. It's in my oh, for fuck's sake cup because I don't believe in (laughs) rules. Oh, for fuck's sake. But it doesn't say fuck, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And my mom, if you're listening, it's got a fox on it. So it literally it's like, oh, for fox sake for fox sake do you get it which if you do it in an irish accent it works out works yeah listen i know what the glass is supposed to mean but i got it at a work party so they couldn't give me one that said fuck obs so give it a little sniff tell me what you got wine wine all right so this one's got a little pepper going on for me it does yeah there's some black pepper in there right it means it's a little like as opposed to our Beaujolais of last week or last two weeks ago, whatever, which was just all bright and fruity. This one's definitely got some layers going on. Yeah, it's 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 got. You can smell that it's been oak aged, because uh, you get a little bit of that spiciness uh, and little vanilla in there. Yep, gives a strong indication of oak right away. Um, if I look at the 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 glass, I can see that it is a beautiful. Uh, dark plum color it is really pretty which is like if you're ever trying to blind taste or or show off if you just pour it in the glass and you can't see through it it smells super young so you can still smell fruit you can still smell oak and stuff and it doesn't smell mushrooming or dirty or anything like that you can pretty much right away say that's a malbec nice that's a good tip right there and you can impress everybody at the party um, also say something like what should people say because you know everybody's always like oh this wine's got legs um and not like in a zz top way but like <laughs> how can somebody like use that to look impressive at a party so if you if you want to use the legs what you can do is you give your glass a little swirl and then you watch where it's coated the glass how quickly it runs down and you get these little streams they're also called tears um Slow, it's thick always legs. called tears at my house. <laughs> Slow, thick legs mean uh, there's a lot of sugar and alcohol in there. Yeah, you hear oh. that, thick bitches? <laughs> Slow, thick legs means you got some sugar. So let's give this sugar some taste. Amen. Sorry, Jen, I know you hate that, but... I do, I hate it so much, listeners. It is I'm... literally... You know what it is? Our priest, when I was a kid... This is literally PTSD. Our priest, when I was a kid, used to wear the microphone right up next to his throat. Um, so whenever he was like sucking on the blood of Christ a little bit, right? And he would like take like lots of sips because I think he was an alcoholic, let's be honest. Um, all The whole church was filled with the sound <laughs> of swallowing. And, and like, I, I get instantly like, oh, like I get like twitchy. <laughs> That's yeah. It's the same reaction I have to uh, loud chewing. Oh God! Punch or, that person in the face. Or gulping. No gulping. No. Yeah, it, it 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 gives me physical pain, but I'm trying to learn to be a better person because <laughs> I have to do this slurping. You this do? No, I get it. You have to do it. I just sort of lean back from the microphone, which <laughs> well, doesn't make sense because I have earbuds on. <laughs> and the microphone. Doesn't nothing help, to do with no, it yeah no uh but the reason that you make little slurpy noises and you swish it around in your mouth is so that you can cover all those tasting sensors so that you can aerate the wine and you can allow some of the alcohol to burn off 
Nice. So you're not burning your taste buds. Um, Which makes sense if you're at a tasting, because yeah. for people who've been to a tasting and actually wanted to learn something, at least for the first half an hour, um, <laughs> you know, then after that, you're just like, pour some in my glass. Pour it in the glass. Um, I'm drinking it. Amen. But the um, no spit cup here. No, they just take it away. Garçon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you don't want to be drunk in the first 10 minutes of your tasting. No, because no, especially if you're out in like Napa or something, those tastings are expensive. Yeah. You're spending 60 to 120 bucks a pop. You want to taste what you're spending your money on. Yeah. And obviously you've paid a driver to get you there. Or is this sure. just where you work for rich people? Sorry. Uh, I just, I just drink more than my husband really quickly so that I don't have to drive. You are a genius. I know. Uh, we used to do that, that at Thanksgiving whispered. too. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the other room. I know. I know. He'll listen to this later. <laughs> and he'll be like, why were they fucking whispering? <laughs> and then he'll roll his eyes and say, oh, because it's Jen and Sean. Of yeah, course. duh. <laughs> um, so what did you taste when you tasted that first sip there? So it's definitely a little more, um, I tasted complexity. Do you know what okay. I mean? I yep. tasted a, a three-story arc, you know? This isn't a one, yes. this isn't a one story. This is not a Hallmark um, Christmas film. No, or that new Lifetime movie about Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Did you see the ads for that? This is Mario Lopez. <laughs> Mario Lopez as hunky, horny. I saw both words used. Uh, Colonel Sanders finds love. And as I would like to just say, maybe it's about time. You know, there's age old questions, Sean. The world has questions that have been with us since the dawn of time. Who am I? If I think, therefore I am. You know, all the things. Is Colonel Sanders a breast or a leg man? Definitely top 10 of those questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think we all see, know the answer is really, he's a gravy man. <laughs> ah, crispy original recipe gravy. Um, okay, back that to the wine. Happen. It what wine happen. Which, what wine should we have with Kentucky Fried Chicken? This would actually be a great wine to have with Kentucky Fried Chicken. You got a high tannic structure, you got a high acid, and it would cut through all that grease and stuff. And since Kentucky Fried Chicken isn't actually all that flavorful, or chicken, <laughs> or chicken, um, grown in a lab, you're going, you're going to experience a lot of the wine. Uh, if you grilled pork chops, that would be great with this. This does, yeah. This feels like a good, um, not like a roast, but like a, you know, a lesser meat. Yeah, grilled. Not meat. that pork is lesser, but you know what I mean, like a yeah. grilled. Grilled steak, grilled hamburger, grilled sausage. You know, yeah. one of those street fair things where they've got the medieval torture contraption over the fire and the big flank of beef <laughs> that thing um for any non-new york city listeners this is a tradition there's these street fairs and um you get these latin american uh food stalls that do churrascaria churrasco which is grilled meat and this is the wine built to go with that kind of meat it's delicious it is it is no this would be a very good i could see um as we you know reference again the baby shark do 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 um you know something with like um good solid cheeses um salams mm -hmm. couple salams, of nice salamis yeah. chorizos you know, a chorizo like a nice little piece of you know whatever it's a little strong i think for the prosciutto but you know something yeah. less so a little stronger than prosciutto this is a good mm -hmm. wine for it it's plummy, it's velvety. It's got some tannic structure. It's not overly harsh, but it's got a nice mm -hmm. long finish. So it's also not a wine that you're gonna chug. You're gonna sip no. this. Yes. 
Uh, this should be the bottle you open at the start of the party. You drink this. This lasts a long time. Then you move into the lighter stuff. Um, yeah, that's really a good, good rule stuff. of thumb. You start this with is, something heavier. Start. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really nice. I I would highly recommend this. Um, and where where did we get it, Sean? This bottle came to us today from this episode sponsors Adego Wine and Spirits in Astoria. You heard me sing their praises in the last episodes. Uh, so they jumped in and they gifted us these bottles of wine so we could have our tasting. Um, truly fantastic dudes. Love to talk about wine. Love to like explain their selection and they have a beautifully curated selection. It's not just your typical, this is what my distributor has. Um, good <laughs> stuff. And they're right on Dittmar's Boulevard, which is so convenient if you're like going to Astoria to a party and you need to grab a bottle of wine, like from the like lazy end of this conversation. Um, but also like they're like they're helpful, but they're not annoying. Yeah, yeah. They don't like, every time I've ever gone in there, they're like, Do you need help? And I'm like, No, I know what I'm looking for. But if I do need help, they're like right there to help, but they're not like pushy, which they're also uh, I like. They're like superheroes. Because when I was in there to pick up these bottles, I had a backpack on and I swung around and knocked a bottle of wine off the shelf. And Kevin, the manager, snatched that bottle out of the air like Obama with the fly. Boom. Get it, Kevin. It was amazing. Super that is impressed. impressive. Uh, and it saved me from having to walk out of there and never shop there again. <laughs> so. Or at the very least, you now bought 14 bottles of wine uh, <laughs> exactly. and they no longer want to sponsor us because we're too exactly. putsy. Uh, <laughs> but super happy to be uh, joining up with them. And I'm looking forward to what we're going to see from them in the future. Yeah, we got, we got plans. We got plans. But for now, we just want to say, everyone, Astoria, get your wines from there. We like them there. They're very nice and yeah. you will like them too, we think. You'll find their information on our webpage and you'll find their information on our Insta and on the Facebook group. Oh my God, and we should go stand in front of their store but six feet apart wearing masks and take a photo. Yes, we could probably cheers from six feet apart. I mean, oh, we my, totally could. My oh my God, that was at the beginning. <laughs> wow. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, that was a very cute, I don't know if you saw that uh, meme or like photo going around of some neighborhood in Italy that they put, you know, with the old, it's like old, old Italian village with yeah. all the back patios are close. You know, the back terraces are very close. So they were able to put glasses on large sticks and the like so that they could cheers their neighbors from across the way, which just- Adorable. Just adorable. Italy's wonderful. All right. I'm going to take a step to pour Argentina, this. also wonderful. I've just never been. <laughs> yeah, Argentina's pretty great, too. Okay. Great. Uh, we're going to pause real quick so that I can pour some more wine, and we're going to look up some listener questions, and we'll get right back to you. And while we take a little break here to pour some wine and sort through our mailbag for all your wonderful listener questions, I want to talk briefly about the wine that Jen and I are drinking tonight. This is Cepas de Familia. I mentioned it earlier. It's from Adega Wines and Spirits on Dittmar's Boulevard. It's a 2017 Malbec from Mendoza, Argentina. Mendoza is the heartland of wine growing from Argentina, and it has the best Malbec production pretty much in the world. It's a young viticultural area. It's a young wine, and it's meant to be drunk now, not, not something to stick in your cellar. Enjoy it now. Have it with food, specifically grilled meats, pasta dishes, 
anything that's got a lot of flavor, a lot of heft that it can stand up to. If you want to have it by itself, it's also a great wine to drink on its own. Um, it's not too heavy. You don't have to have a food accompaniment. I would let it breathe for a little while before you really dig into it. Um, it's 14 and 14.4, 14.5, uh, 14.4% alcohol. So it's, you know, heavier than a Beaujolais, but it's still middle range. You can still just drink this and feel okay about yourself. Again, Adega Wines and Spirits. Uh, they are on Dittmar's and 33rd Street here in Astoria, New York. Their hours are Monday through Saturday, 10 to 10. Super easy there. And then on Sundays, noon to 8, because curse those New York blue laws. Highly recommend you walk in. Don't be shy. Talk to the guys. Tell about tell them you heard about them on Bottled Up. They might point you to some good bottles of wine or stuff that we've featured on this show. Because so far, all of our wine has come from Adega Wines and Spirits on Dittmar's boulevard all right let's get back to jen and we're back friends we had to like you know we drank a little and now we had to look up some of our questions and we're, we're going to take some of the the questions uh that we had now and then we'll maybe we'll we'll do a bonus episode with some of the other fun questions but you know people ask a lot of questions about wine i ask a lot of questions about wine and none of them are what how many grapes and from what longitude? <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's cool to know these things, but like, if I'm in a wine store, I just want to be like, uh, can I eat this with Chinese food? You know what I mean? Like that's I, like, I want basic questions. So we definitely got some great questions and we want to try and answer them. Yeah. So, uh, why don't we kick it off with Phil who hit us up on Instagram? Hi, Phil. Uh, hey, Phil. Uh, Phil asks, I see a lot of wine pairings for meat. Are there pairings for vegan food or like candy, which is a meal? <laughs> that is uh, both excellent questions, uh, Phil, in part because I eat a lot of just baked goods as meals. Absolutely. Um, candy is during pandemic times, like <laughs> <laughs> anything counts you know, as a meal. Most. If it's if it's in arm's reach, it's a meal during those stressful times. I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit like. I've eaten two boxes of Kraft macaroni and cheese. Well, sorry, Annie's macaroni and cheese <laughs> in a single night because sometimes the stress is just too much. And Listen, you know I came, I had a roommate at a time who I knew from high school and he lived with me for a little bit. Hi, Jim. And uh, I came home one day and he was like, oh my God, I made us a home cooked meal. And it was literally two family size boxes of Kraft mac and cheese. Jim's a big guy uh, <laughs> with hot dogs cut up in them that he <gasps> made for us for dinner. That's and amazing. I was like, we're in third grade. I'm so excited you live here. Most of the time, I don't like living with people, but right this minute, you're the greatest. Did you make a blanket um, for it? Uh, no, we just, we just, ate, we, I mean, we practically just ate it out of the pot, Sean. I don't even, I don't <laughs> even know if I remember we'd use dishes. I'll be honest. Uh, why would you? I bet right? the answer to Phil's question is yes, of course. Um, you would apply the same sort of pairing techniques that you would with meat with vegan or vegetarian dishes. So it's all about balance, right? If you've got a high fat thing, like a steak, you want a high acid wine. So if you've got a high fat vegan dish, like, uh, some of the, the like a vegan mac and cheese with the nutritional yeast and things, something, or something like a samosas that has a lot of spice and was fried and was sure, you know, uh, I wouldn't use the same wine for both wine for both but uh you want something high acid that'll, like that'll cut through that a high acid uh sauvignon blanc or something like that with the samosa the acid is actually because of the spices in it especially if you're using the spicy dipping sauce the acid will highlight that 
I just so, like it because it's fried. Yeah. <laughs> mm, fried. <laughs> I would go with a nice grenache for a vegetable samosa. Um, Indian food in general, you want to keep it lighter and fruit forward. Um, for spicier Latin dishes, beans and stuff like that, I would go for a Merlot or oh, uh, like the, was- the Sepas de Familia would be fantastic with some really flavorful beans and rice kind of a meal. Yeah. So it's what about same- a cauliflower steak. I do like a good cauliflower steak. A cauliflower steak. Now, see, that's interesting because it's got really good texture to it. And so you want mm-hmm. something that'll stand up to that. I would go with a classic steakhouse wine, a Chateauneuf de Pop, a classic Bordeaux, a red wine, medium bodied, medium tannic structure to help you get through that. We're going to do a whole episode friends in which I just name foods and make Sean tell us what we drink. (laughs) Just so we're Uh, clear. That's going to come up soon. We do have a listener who likes to do that to me. Um, This is, uh, you know, I'm not going to call him out by name. Uh, I'll wait till he hits me on Facebook. Uh, Do it. (laughs) Name names. Hashtag name names. All right. Michael Esquire. Michael. (laughs) Uh, Michael Lambert, famous attorney. Uh, loves to ask me what to pair with the junk food that he's eating for that night. Uh, for the second part of your question, Phil, sure, candy's a meal and we have dessert wines. The important thing when you're eating something sweet, whether it's cake or candy or fruit or anything like that, is you want to make sure that the wine is sweeter than what you're eating because otherwise the food will just completely bury it and you won't get anything out of it. That is a tremendous rule. Uh, I went to a wine fest once in the Finger Lakes and they were serving a dessert wine that was like raspberry was the base oh. flavor-ish. Uh, it was an ice wine. I don't know if any, uh, if any of those words mean anything, uh, but it was delicious at, all by itself. And then she handed it to me blended with a sherbet. <laughs> and then it was a fucking slushy and I bought four bottles. I love it. So that, that is- we're clear. Uh, I, I went wine tasting in upstate New York uh, over the summer to get get out of the city during pandemic times. And we went and we ordered the rosé and they said, well, this is our rosé. And it's very interesting because it's our sweet white wine that we've mixed with cranberry juice. Jesus Christ. And all I could think of as I sipped this thing that tasted like Smucker's Kool-Aid was Moira Rose. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm from an area not far from the Finger Lakes. They don't wear masks and they all voted for Trump and it's going to die soon. So it's fine. But like, um, yeah, that's listen, I love a good sweet wine in a dessert and I love a good dessert. So bring it on. Bring it on. Uh, late harvest Rieslings, late harvest Merlots, uh, ice wines, which is wine that the grape has been left to freeze before it's harvested. Um, or the best sweet wines in the world, which are Sautern out of France. Really beautiful stuff. Chateau Yacam. If you can ever find some for under $300, get Best it. of luck, kids. Get it. You can usually find a half bottle of a current vintage for about $250. Whatevs. I was going to buy one tomorrow. It's a Thursday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what questions you got for us? Um, so, the, you know, this question was um, asked and I, I think that it's fair because I think everybody has a slightly different opinion of how they like their their wines and, you know, fuck the rules a little bit. Um, but is uh, we got a question. Is it weird that I like my red wine chilled? That I say no. And you are correct. Woo! That is a solid question. 
Um, now, will I go around chilling a old vine Zinfandel? Probably not. Or even this Sapusti Familia, not going to chill this. But a light-bodied wine like a Beaujolais, a Beaujolais Nouveau, uh, which Grenache, we did eat, which we didn't eat at all, but we drank a little bit. Chomped chilled up, last time. chomped it all up. Um, you should serve that slightly chilled, 56, 54 degrees, 51 degrees, not refrigerator cold, but slightly chilled. Those are really refreshing wines. Think of anything that you would make a sangria out of. That's going to be good chilled. Yum. Anything that comes sangria. in a liter bottle, going to be good chilled. Chill it. Uh, and I will say, please chill it. Don't put an ice cube in it because the water will destroy the wine. I was going to say, I also know lots of people who like to throw of uh, a certain generation who like to get a little glass of ice with their wines. Yeah. And I, I, I cringe a little every time. You know, it, it, it makes me hurt. But if people like it, let them drink it. I'm not going to yuck their no, yum. Not going to yuck their how, yum. If that's how they want to drink it, that's fine. It's like it's like the old story of uh, JFK and Jackie O in the White House. White House has an amazing wine collection, right? And the wine steward. The not som- anymore. It's just fucking soda. It's like it's Mountain Dew now. Diet All the wine's Coke. gone. Ugh. He's replaced it with Mountain Dew. But... Uh, Jackie would have her friends over and have the ladies over and the cabinet ladies over and all, you know, everybody. And um, it was very in vogue at the time to have white wine spritzers. I do like a white wine spritzer. They're lovely, but not with a 1922 Chateau Latour. no. (laughs) (laughs) So the wine steward was bringing up these incredible bottles of wine that were gifted, you know, from France, from Italy, from wherever, uh, and cutting them with club soda. Oh, Jesus Christmas. You know what makes a great white wine spritzer, ladies and gentlemen? These are the these are the things I can help with. I don't you drink it with whatever you want. I don't give a shit. Rice and beans, a giant <laughs> roast, eat it all. A cupcake, drink it with all of them. Um, is the green wine, uh, like a Greek green wine, uh, little club soda, and then a splash of the aforementioned Saint Germain. I could drink it by the bucket. That is a delicious in the summer, not now. Well, I mean, you could. I we could. Live in I Queens. might. My apartment is approximately 700 degrees right now. I'm sitting in front of the window in my apartment that doesn't close. So <laughs> a little colder. <laughs> I was curious about your 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 beanie that you're wearing. I, I do still have a hat on, listeners, which you can't see, which is fine. But also I say I have the hat on because then you can't see what's going on with my hair underneath it, which is also part of the problem. <laughs> well, they can't see but it's that also anyway. freezing. It's freezing where I am. Well, it's 100 degrees in the other room. Fortunately, um, do we have one more question? We do have one more question, and this is interesting. It's touching on uh, a new trend that you may have seen if, if you were in the stores lately. I like a good touching question. And t- touching me. Touch- no, no. That <laughs> no, is anti-COVID. No, Sean! <laughs> None of that. Uh, this comes... Uh, Sweet, Carol. You can't not sing it, you, you jerk. You can't. It's in my head. Um, it's so hard. So the, the question is, are orange wines different grapes? And the answer is no. Uh, orange wines, we've probably seen uh, in stores lately or read about or heard if you watch, you know, Bon Appetit videos or something. They're colored with bugs. Like <laughs> they're the grapefruit with bugs. Uh, no, they're white wines that are made in the same style as oh. red wines. So they're called skin contact. Usually when you make a white wine, it's not necessarily made from white grapes. Sometimes it's made from purple or red grapes. You remove the skin. So you just have the white flesh and you get white wine. This one, you leave the skins in a little bit. 
So it gets a little bit of the color, it gets the tannic structure from the skins, and it develops a more complex and rounded flavor, and you end up with an orange-colored wine. Very popular. A lot of really good orange wines are coming out of Georgia, the country. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, a lot of really good wine is in Georgia, but it's hard to find here. Um, the orange wines are largely imported and really, really uh, fun. They're more of a warm weather beverage, but they're, they're a nice aperitif. If you're having oh. a fancy dinner and you want to have some a wine before dinner, uh, orange wine's a great way to go. That is such a fun question because it was both touching and then it got a little dirty with the skin content <laughs> contact. And then you, you taught us geography and you know, um, some bases there. I'd there say first a, base, a, yeah. second base, did we slide into third? Might have with the skin <laughs> contact. What? Because they left that skin on for skin. Am I right? Don't spit the wine out on your new Sorry, microphone. I was choking. <laughs> <laughs> If we don't get at least one spit taken episode, we've failed. We have failed. Um, so I think that's going to wrap up our listener question section. Um, it was a lot of fun, though. So I think we'll do the same thing again. If you've got questions for future episodes, put them in the Facebook. Yeah, we'll take note of them. Yeah, I'll, I'll write them down on this here pad. And, we, <laughs> and there's Jen's awesome. spit take. <laughs> I'm li- I like that you have a pad. Yeah, you got to have a pad. Um uh, we'll we'll t- take your questions. We'll find the answers, and we'll serve them up here on Bottled Up, a wine podcast, sort, sort of. of. <laughs> Thanks Cheers. everybody for joining Don't us. Don't forget to swallow. Don't forget to swallow. Salute and swallow. <laughs>